Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Happy Sunday. And if you don't love this weather, you, you just aren't an Arizonan. <laughs> it does. Well, or just maybe not even a person on the planet. It just doesn't get a lot nicer to spend lately. Happy Sunday. A beautiful day here in Sunny Slope. It looks like, uh, you know, a Western artist painted the clouds over the top of the hills here in Sunny Slope. Couldn't be any prettier morning. Uh, we're here with the lovely Shira on phones and music and Troy Barrett on the news. And uh, here's your host, Brian. We're just here to have fun and uh, talk about whatever you want to grow, water, plant, fertilize, kill, lots of different styles, lots of different things. Lots for us all to learn. If you got a different style or some, some when somebody calls or just your thoughts, uh, grow about a different type of plant or a style of grow plant here, give us a call. The number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. We could talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow it, how lucky we are to be in the Sonoran Desert. Why we need to irrigate if you have SRP water. While the city of Phoenix should start running double irrigations for the next month and uh, put the water in the parks. We have a lot of parks here that are still flood irrigated. And as odd as it may seem, sometimes flood irrigation for a park is the most useful type of watering. It gives those trees a big, deep irrigation, floods the lawns, and it gives it a couple weeks dry up for for people to go out and play. But uh, certainly grow some beautiful, healthy things here with flood irrigation, which has only happened here in the valley for the last four or 5,000 years. Anyway, whatever your dreams are, give us a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We're heading here, we're mid-spring, you know, and it couldn't be a nicer spring. I can re- really never remember, you know, a consistent like nine months any better than we've had coming into today. And uh, it's so fun to be here in the Sonoran Desert where we do have two wet seasons and reminded of the fact that they actually are happening this year. You know, we did have uh, a really nice uh, winter set of rains. We had some pretty good monsoon and hopefully to be followed up with more monsoon and more winter rains and you know, we can certainly solve our water in the desert. We could talk about how to manage our irrigation systems as well. You know, now is a good time to go out and flush your irrigation systems. Deep watering, letting things dry out makes a big difference. We could talk about what to plant this time of year. It's a great time for desert plants, things like mesquites, ironwoods, palo verdes, all of your palms, whether you want to plant a you know, palm tree that looks tropical like a mule palm or grow some food from a date palm. It's a great time to plant those. Also, the perfect time of year to plant citrus and hardy tropicals from citrus and ficus and plumerias. You know, all those plants really love this weather. Um, and it stays this way, so do I. But it's really been quite pretty. Anyway, we'll get right to the phones this morning. We still have one line available, a number to call, 602-277-5827-277. KTAR. Good morning, John and Phoenix. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Oh, just enjoying this beautiful weather. Oh, isn't it great? I've got several questions for you. Uh, number one, when's the best time to plant a peach tree? Well, the very best time to plant a peach tree is in the fall. So if I was going to pick the best month, it'd be October, November. Uh, you can certainly still plant them now because we grow, you know, peaches here in containers. And uh, we have young, very healthy, viable peaches, especially desert goals you could plant this time of year. And with a little care, you'll get a lot more growth by planting them now than waiting till fall. But the very best time is October. 
Okay. Second question. Uh, do you have a California Mandarin orange? Well, what's a California? Please. I've never heard of a California Mandarin orange. Well, okay, Mandarin orange. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's what it says in the bag, you know. So. <laughs> well, that's because they don't know what kind they're going to sell you, John. And and if you're buying a cutie or something else, it could be one of four or five different varieties. But the one yeah, that we is, sell most here. Is, my wife likes these cuties. So Okay, so if you want a bigger cutie, which is a little better, just grow your own right here in town. And the one you want that's going to be the most common one would be a tango, T-A-N-G-O, like the dance. Um, okay. Tango Mandarin. And Tango Mandarins do excellent here. They're pretty seedless. They're a little larger than when you can buy the cuties in the store. You know, cuties are for little kids. You know, Tango Mandarins <laughs> for adults. And uh, okay. but they're, they're an excellent fruit. You know, another really good fruit, though, not to be passed on, that's also got a little tang to it, Armenia Latangelos. I have one. Well, good. Then, that then, one that then, I bought from you, that's mine. She doesn't like them. She doesn't like the mini Latangelos? <laughs> she doesn't like them. John, no, you might have to all. trade her in. Um, I, I don't, well, after 53 <laughs> years, I don't know. <laughs> you uh, never know. But let me ask you, what doesn't she like about them? Uh, the, just the taste. Really? She's very, uh, very peculiar. Okay, well, the, well, she's not peculiar. She's your wife. She's very lovely, <laughs> beautiful, <laughs> wonderful. Um, but no, uh, Tango mandarins, I don't, we don't have any fruit left right now, but um, it's a okay. good one to taste. It's what a lot of the cuties are, and it's going to be a little sweeter than probably, uh, a little less acid than a mini Latangelo, and um, that would be the best one. The really sweet one here is called a, a Kinao mandarin, K-I-N-O-O-W, or K-I-N-N-O-W, but a Kinao mandarin is super sweet, uh, or an Algerian tangerine, but both those are going to have a lot of seeds. Yeah, okay. I, she wants something without the seeds. Yeah. So tango mandarin. Better take her out dancing. <laughs> uh, and no, well, my last question is: I've, I've got a uh, pomegranate tree that's in full bloom. When do I start cutting the blossoms off to uh, you know to uh, cut down the, the number? Well, blossoms. if you want to grow bigger ones, uh, you should have pruned the tree back early this spring. You know, when in January when it was dormant, and that would have assured you less fruit on the, on, on the tree. Um, but if you want to do some thinning on the fruit, I would let them set first to make sure they're set because not all the blossoms will set. And after they're right. set and they're small fruit the size of a golf ball, then you can thin them if you like. Oh, okay, real good. Okay, Brayden, well, I really appreciate the information. Well, have a nice weekend, John. Thanks for being our first caller. Happy Sunday. I'll- Thank you for the show, Brian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Evelyn and Buckeye. Good morning, Evelyn. Good morning, Brian. I thought I was going to be the first caller. Well, you tried, you know. I did. So I have a burning question. I am on the quest to grow watermelon this year. Is it too late to start them from seed? Well, you know, it would have been better a month or so ago. But you know what? Why not? Plant the seed right now. They'll germinate really quick. And as long as they're not devoured by white flies, they'll do fine. Um, personally, okay. I, I recommend the seeded varieties like all sweet. I just like them better. And uh, how we determine okay. which ones to grow at our farm was by planting 20 varieties. And the ones that the coyotes like to devour, the ones that we figured were the best. There you go. So I had a guy come by to work on a fence, and he suggested that I plant them in an area that has a sprinkler and water them one minute in the morning and one minute in the evening. <laughs> I don't know what the guy's thinking. <laughs> 
That doesn't sound like a good plan to you. No, I don't think he's grown a lot of watermelons. Um, you know, typically with watermelons, you want to keep them on the wetter side. And that'll usually care, you know, take an irrigation probably twice a week when it's hot. And to germinate them, you might keep them that wet, you know, when you first planted them if you wanted to. Until okay. they pop out through the top. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad okay. program for germination. But once they're up, uh, you're going to find that, you know, most soils are going to do well watered about twice a week. And then what you want to make sure and do before you're going to harvest, you want to dry them out for two or three days so that the sugar okay. content comes up before you harvest them. Thank you. Thanks, Evelyn. I'll have you to my first watermelon party. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Uh, David, also in Buckeye. Good morning, David. Good morning. Uh, last monsoon season, I lost one of my two Chinese elms in my backyard and, and have not replaced it. Uh, don't want to do another Chinese elm because it drops its leaves in the fall. Uh, what do you recommend I plant in place of it? Uh, I want something that's going to be clean. Well, okay, David. So, you know, cleanliness is, comes in lots of different ideas and thoughts. But is this going to be in lawn or rock? Rock. Okay, so the cleanest trees you can plant truly are the deciduous trees that shed annually once a year. So what I would really recommend for you in rock is a red push pistachio. And if that's not to your fancy, you might look at a Fantex or Fan West ash. And what all three of those varieties are going to do is drop their leaves completely in January. So you have one big cleanup. And then the rest of the year, they shed nothing. So you have this one planned cleanup every year in January. The rest of the year, they're absolutely clean. Yeah, well, my Chinese elm is kind of that way. It well, no, it's really it. not. The Chinese elm drops seeds in December, and it takes it about six or eight weeks to drop all of its leaves. So, well, yeah, it does. You know, I agree. So versus having a tree that you clean up one week a year, and your wife's very happy with you because you've done it, and she doesn't have to ask you to do it. Um, that would certainly. No, she left me 45 years ago. Well, she's probably looking down on you, not wanting you to work too hard then. <laughs> no, she's on with her third husband, I think. <laughs> so she really doesn't care. So you don't have to worry about that woman. You know, good, no, good, no. good, good riddance if she's on number three. You better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you were very fortunate 45 years ago, David, that she decided I was. To I was. <laughs> I'm alive to tell about it. So. <laughs> That's a good sign. Okay. And uh, of those three trees that you mentioned, what was what what would be your first recommendation? Would be the red push pistachio. We have one of those in our back patio, and my wife is kind enough to still be with me. And uh, perhaps okay. it's because we have the red push pistachio, but it uh, it grows in our back patio, and it's the one thing that I know that I have to do it once a year, but it's only that one weekend. And uh, uh -huh. it drops its leaves every year, you know, pretty much the second week of January. You clean it up one time, and you're done for the whole season. And it's really an okay. easy tree. The other really good part, David, about a red push pistachio is it's quite drought tolerant, so it doesn't need an abundance of water and will thrive here in the desert okay great thank you very much for your uh, advice i appreciate it well have a nice weekend david thanks for being on with us bye-bye you're welcome bye now uh, we're going to take a short break we're going to come back with gene and tempe but after gene we've got four open lines we had the lovely shira back here smiling she's not married yet you know <laughs> But she does speak Hebrew, you know. So she, if you, if you have to, if you have a call and you need to ask a question to Hebrew, you know, 
Sure, it can help you, you know. But anyway, uh, give her a call, 602-277-5827. It's Brian Shearer and Troy Barrett here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Oh, I could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six o'clock alarm would never ring But it rings and I rise Wipe the sleep out of my eyes My shaven razor's cold and it stings We're here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on this beautiful Sunday morning. And uh, we played that song for Gene in Tempe. Hello, Gene. You know, Brian, I thought that was exactly right. And I'd written on my notes here, the second best thing about your show is the music. So thank you. <laughs> well, I think sometimes it's the best thing. Well, no, the best part is Shira back here smiling right now. I, you know, she, she, she came in spry this morning. I, she didn't go out dancing last night. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> you should see her laugh. It's fun, and it's energetic, and it's good for the soul. So, anyway. Um, I have a question for you. I've been listening. Long-time listener, love your shore. Organic gardener, lived here many years. Um, I would like a lime tree that produces limes hopefully in a short order. What mm-hmm. would be your best suggestion? Well, here in the Valley, what does best are the Mexican limes. And you don't want to have a thornless one because you won't get much fruit. So you want a nice little tumbleweed of a Mexican lime tree. And they're very great bearers here and do fantastic. Okay. And so this is the challenge I had. Mm-hmm. Four years ago, another nursery told me the Mexican lime thornless was the most fast producer. <laughs> well. I have it. I've had it for four years. I have not gotten one lime. It blooms. It beautiful blooms. Like you said last show. Beautiful tree, but you won't get any lime. So, and what what size of tree then? Um, well, you could buy time at Whitfields. You know, we have them in as large as 36 inch boxes, which are probably about seven by seven. And, uh, they'll be covered with limes when you plant them right now. And, uh, we also have a 15 gallon size and a 24 inch box size. But the nice part with the limes is they do grow fast. Okay. When's the best time to plant one? Today. 
Oh, my God, because today on my list is to tear that little baby. I hate <laughs> don't like to kill anything living, but it has become such a sore point with me. Um, and I've given it four years. So um, today, okay, now I have only an air. The, the challenge I have is you only have the back gate in order to get into the backyard. Uh-huh. So that will limit the size of the tree that you can bring in. Well, gee, we, 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 what? No, go, but we can bring in up to a 36 inch box store gate with a dolly. Okay. That's not a problem. All right. So, um, and, um, what kind of the area that it's going to go in is probably about seven by seven okay. and it's built up around. So it, you know, sort of has a well around it because I've built up cause I'm a, the garden is next to it. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be a big enough area for the type? Well, of you'll have to keep about? it pruned over time. You know, the lime's going to want to grow much larger than that. But if you keep it pruned back, that'll be fine. Okay. And um, so you, if, if I went with a slightly smaller one, mm-hmm. how long might it might be? Because you said like the 36 oh. would have fruit. If I went yeah. with a slightly smaller you're, one, You're, you're going to have fruit on every size that we sell. So a 15-gallon oh. will have fruit. A 24-inch will have fruit. They're, they'll all have fruit right now. And they're prolific and they're very good bears here in the desert. And uh, you'll, be, you'll be happy yeah. with your crop. And you can start with any oh, one awesome. of those three sizes and have fruit on them right away. Okay. And if I went to your Gilbert store, mm-hmm. do you have them there? Or Will do you go I... to Gilbert or South Phoenix? I don't know where you are in Tempe, but uh, we're on both ends of Tempe, but just not in Tempe. I know. Not since we had Christmas exactly. tree lots in Tempe. Are we in Tempe anymore? <laughs> yeah, I usually go to the Gilbert. Well, I'm at the 101 in Guadalupe. Okay. So, so that's closer for you. I'm and, pretty much. Uh, yeah, and they're wonderful. There, you can see Gabe and Jennifer and the team out there, and they're 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 kind and fun, and I'm sure they have them in stock. And I, I go there all the time. I love all your team, by the way. I got great advice on some other uh, tree trimming that I needed done, so I appreciate that. Um, do you have time for one more question? Absolutely. I'm asking for a friend. I have a friend that lives in the area like uh, south of the 202 in Kyrene, so you know down mm-hmm. there in right. that desert area. And um, they really want to do a garden, but they have rabbits. So is there, are they just going to have to really do an enclosure down a few feet so whatever, or any recommendation on how to grow a garden? So their their yard's not fenced. It's all wide open and they have wild rabbits coming in off the. I believe so. Okay. So, you know, there's always lead. Lead poisoning is really good for rabbits. (laughs) But uh, and rabbits are quite tasty in the winter time. Now you can't eat them this time of year. But as long as you go November through the first of March, the rabbits are quite good, and mostly are cottontails. But no, you can either fence them out, and that's you know commercially what's done quite a bit is uh, they'll put up the uh, chicken wire fence, you know, three foot tall. Yeah. And other than jackrabbits, that's very effective against cottontails, and um, you know it really does work quite well. Have to, it was not a bad idea to take it down and, and dig a trench and put it down three or four inches under the ground mm-hmm. because if it's anywhere close to ground level, they'll dig under it. But no, fencing them out with, with uh, chicken wire works quite well. That's what I was thinking in uh, putting it down a little bit and just using some of that chicken wire so they can't dig down. Because they're not going to be tunnelers, right? They're not going to go down. No, they're, they're not going to. You know, if you have it down just a little below grades, fine. And, you know, with the food safety now, trying to keep everything out of every animal out of a field, yeah. you know, um, and even the rabbits, uh, you know, most commercial and especially organic places are all fenced. And uh, it's not mm-hmm. not unusual to see the rabbit wire in the bottom of the fence to keep them out. And uh, that would be by okay. far the best way to keep them out of a home garden. 
Okay, that's what I was thinking. Is, um, I, years ago, I had problems with neighbor cats. They weren't feral. They were all friendly neighbor cats coming into my garden. Mm-hmm. So I learned I planted a um, catnip plant in yeah. each of my gardens, and I found out quickly cats don't poop where they find catnip. <laughs> so it worked really, really well. Well, thanks and, for the pointer. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't heard that, Gene. So, you know, you're enlightening us. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, it was funny. And then my neighbors were like, why do our cats always come to your yard coming home just sleeping for hours? I'm like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) You know? Well, maybe, Gene, they left their bong in your garden. Hey, Gene, have a nice day. You too, Brian. Thank you so much for everyone and all the show. It's really great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Anne and Scott still. Good morning, Anne. Earth Anne. Yes. Hi, Anne. Hi, this is my first call. Thank you for answering. Can you hear me? Very clearly. And so what's up this morning? Well, I have a house facing west. The fountain is in a courtyard on the east side. And I don't know what to plant around the fountain that will be easy to grow and tolerate uh, the heat. The mornings it does have shade, but um, then it gets some sun. So you're just looking for like a ground cover to grow around the base of the fountain? Something that would be colorful, actually. Well, with, with, maybe with, an, with just know? green and easy right now, a thing that'll do very well there is um, Wedelia, or it's also called Yellow Dot. It's shiny, bright green. It will get some yellow flowers. It'll take all the heat. Uh, you can prune it to whatever size you want to fit, and it's very hardy. And if you're getting, are you getting oversplash and overspray from the fountain or not? Yes, I am, and I'm having like calcium on the pavers, and I don't know how to clean the pavers. Well, CLR, we'll, we'll take that off the, the cleaner. You know, you can buy that at any oh. hardware store. Wonderful. And you can also, have- also do it with, with strong vinegar, or you could even use muriatic acid. So all those will work to take it off. Oh, okay. that's nice to know. Well, we want to yeah. try and do those limit the overspray because the limit the over the overspray is going to be build up a lot of salt and a lot of calcium on your plants. So, if you really have that overspray, about the only two things I would recommend for you would be asparagus ferns or wedelia. And those will take the overspray and the salt and do okay. You might also have some luck with Boxwood Beauty Natal Plum, and it's a pretty darn tough plant. But, you know, too much overspray, you're going to build up the salts because of evaporation, and it's going to be difficult for anything to grow except for probably that Wedelia. 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 Okay, or, or Yellow Dot. You could call it Yellow Dot if you want to. That's a common name for it. Oh, that's the same thing as Yellow Dot. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's, it's quite a hardy plant, and it takes a lot of salt. Okay. Now, the lady before me was talking about rabbits. Mm-hmm. I have an open yard, and um, they like to eat the tops of plants. Well, they like to eat everything. Right. I heard mothballs would help. They, they, they can be and, a pretty good deterrent yeah. against a lot of things. And you can put rabbit repellent. You can actually spray your plants. Uh, and even spraying them with some cayenne pepper solution might work some. But uh, when they're Ooh. hungry enough, and they're not very hungry yet because there's been a lot of foliage, but the population is going to be huge on rabbits this year. And uh, so they really will come in and devour plants. But all those things will work. You can actually even put chicken wire over your plants, and they'll prune them back to the chicken wire, and they'll grow through it depending on what you're growing. But, um, you know, rabbits can do a lot of damage, and this is going to be a year with an ample supply of rabbits. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much for your help. Thanks, Ann. Bye-bye. George and Scott, still, I tried to get you before the news, but we didn't quite make it. You'll be up first after the news. If you'd like to be up after George, all you have to do is give Shira a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Troy Barrett's in the studio. Let's find out what's happening. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. I can remember my father yodeling in the shower in the morning. You know, it's just a good thought. At any rate, that's because he was a great singer. But at any rate, welcome back, folks. We do have two lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. George and Scottsdale, good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, Brian. Uh, and uh, thanks for taking the call. So we just purchased about, I don't know, three, four dozens of um, combination of cacti. And with that, uh, we also purchased, uh, I think they call the wild berry emo bush. I think mm-hmm. it's an Australian bush. Okay. Um, and uh, we asked the landscaper to pour those in the separate line of the cacti. It didn't happen, sir. <laughs> so they are not doing too happy. I don't want to overwater one and underwater the other. Any thought about the amount of water I could because they, they don't look too happy right now. Okay, George, I don't want to kill let me guy. ask you where, where are you located in Scottsdale? What cross streets? Actually, it's right east of Scottsdale, uh, east all the way, almost in Fountain Hills. It's right there okay, so you're up, up in the mountains, area, pretty good drainage. Right. So what you're going to need, those yeah. new emu bushes, okay, they're going to need to be watered twice a week. Okay, and the cactus, for most cactus, once a week's fine, but you could water the cactus twice a week, too, and it's not going to harm them. But what you'll want to have is different size emitters to put out more water on the emu bushes. Now, down the road, they're not all that compatible because the cactus, are these native varieties of cactus or what kind of cactus you buy, George? So they are uh, fire sticks. They are some agave, some... Okay, you know what? They'll they'll, they'll be fine together for now. How often are you running your irrigation? Uh, Every three days for for about 45 minutes with a a two-gallon drip system in each one of them. Okay, and and they were all about five-gallon size plants when they were installed? Yes, sir. Okay, so you probably just want to up the time a little bit, okay? And you might want to even go back and hose water everything one time just to make sure the de- the, the dirt was settled. And probably the only ones that are looking a little unhappy are the emu bushes. The cactus probably look fine, don't they? 
Correct. Okay. So, so what I would do is for right now, for the next you know few weeks, I would just water those emu bushes once once in addition to the irrigation system with a hose. Okay, and uh, that way we're going to make sure the ground's well saturated around them. Give them a little extra water, and as they root out, they'll you know they'll acclimate and do fine. Um, twice a week should be fine for the irrigation. I would probably run them all for at least an hour, so you get the full two gallons on everything, and that's not going to hurt the cactus this time of year in the soil where you are at all, and, and, and so everything should be fine. And it's just going to take a little longer for the emus to acclimate to the soil. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And uh, real, real, real quick, sir. I also got four olive trees mm-hmm. on the same line, okay. but with uh, like a five gallon to ten gallon. The ones that are adjustable. What Can size? I, what what size walking? were the olive trees, George? Well, they are about six to six feet tall at least. So, like fifteen they gallon size containers five, when you plant. Yeah. Okay, so four years old. You know. Yeah, they'll they'll be fine for this summer, but realistically, you need to split those systems up because the olive trees aren't yeah. going to need to be watered historically, you know, going forward as as much as the other plants are. When actually, most of those will probably go on weekly watering here pretty soon anyway. I wouldn't do it this first summer. I'd let them grow for the summer. And uh, twice a week's probably not going to hurt the olives. The olives you want to give them, if they're that size, they were probably a 15-gallon. So you'd want to give those guys, you know, at least about 30 to 40 gallons of water when you water them, okay? So if you have an adjustable emitter or two of those on them, you can open them up and you get 20 gallons, which that even should be okay. If you have two fully uh, opened adjustable emitters that put out 10 gallons per hour and give them 20. But you could even add a third emitter and, and give them 30 gallons and twice a week. And that's not going to hurt them this time of year in the summertime, but it's not a great design for your system in the long run. So in the long run, you're going to want to put the trees on a separate system and uh, the emus will probably work with a cactus just fine as long as you want them to grow fast but once they're all established you can water a lot less often but for now erring on the side of frequency because of your neighborhood where you have the rockier soil would be better outstanding sir I appreciate you very much thank you George bye bye Uh, Paul and Scottsdale good morning Paul hey Brian I want to talk about um, doing something different so um, what happened a couple of years ago, that, that really hot summer that we had, uh-huh. um, right before that, I came in to your um, Glendale Avenue store, and I bought a, um, a tree, bought a ficus tree, and it didn't make it through the summer. So I went back into the store, and JR said, have I got a tree for you? And it's the tree you always promote. It's the red push pistachio. This tree is amazing. It does every single thing that you said. One day I'm out there in December and it has all leaves. The next day I go out there and there's no leaves. It just drops <laughs> like in two or three days. It was incredible. And it grows like a weed. It's grown so much in the year and a half that I've had. It's fabulous. So what happened was right about now, um, my tomatoes, I, I didn't plant them yet. They're, they're in a container that I got from, from you guys. And they're not doing all that good. The sun's really beating down on them. So I thought, well, let me put them under the pistachio tree. And it's perfect. They love it there. There's just the right amount of shade and the right amount of sun. And these things now are growing like weeds. So I put a hanging strawberry plant on one of the limbs, and it's loving life. And the last one that I can't figure out, and I need your expert help on, I also purchased um, uh, a melon plant. 
And I put that into the tree, and it's not quite as happy as everybody else. Do they need a lot more sun? Well, melons are going to want full sun, but Paul, it's not a good idea to plant those other plants under your pistachio, and here's why. Uh, pistachios, the only thing that kills pistachios here in the valley, it's very common, is um, going to have some fungus in the roots, okay? And we get fungus in the roots because we water them too often. So that watering cycle, having the tomatoes underneath the tree, you know, combined you know, with uh, the regular watering pistachio, your tendency might be to overwater the tree. Where do you live in Scottsdale? What cross streets? It, it's a hundredth in Shea. It's on one of the lakes there. But okay. the, the other plants that I told you about are all in containers, raised gardens. Mm-hmm. So they're not getting the same amount of water as the pistachio. The pistachio but the, but gets the, its but own the, water. But the water is running through onto the pistachio, right? No. Okay, so there's no, no, water, I, coming I out, there's no water coming out of the gardens into the pistachio tree. Nope, not at all. Okay, then you're fine. Then then, then they'll benefit right. from the shade. But you have to be really careful with the red push pistachios not to overwater them because they get phytophthora and soil fungus, which can kill them. And the problem is once you see it's a problem, the tree wilts one day and it's dead the next. And uh, so for the, the health of the pistachios, they're truly a desert tree, even though they come from Iran. You know, they're, they're a desert tree, very similar to our kind of climate, and they thrive here. But if you overwater them, you'll kill them. Right. I got Even it. when they're and four or five and ten years old. And it's really, it breaks my heart to go see somebody's big pistachio dead when it was 20 by 20. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. Yeah, this tree is just amazing. So every time you, you recommend it to someone, I'm here uh, listening to the radio. My head's bobbing up and down. Yes, get one, get one, get one. Well, the, <laughs> I mean, it's just... They're, they're a very nice tree, but, you know, they will succumb to phytophthora, which is soil fungus, and that's from overwatering, you know, and having it as a pathogen in the soil to begin with. But um, So I would be careful with putting anything underneath them that's going to need additional water more than the pistachio. And so part of that question was, again, the melon. Mm-hmm. Melons, is, melons is like it? full sun. I mean, we're going to grow watermelons or cantaloupes. We're going to grow them in full sun. They'll do fine as long as they get at least six or eight hours of sun a day, but they don't want to be grown in the shade. Okay. I'll, I'll lift that one up. Um, it's it's a pretty cool raised bed where it's, it's definitely uh, pick it up and move it wherever you want to move it to. So I'll move it back into the sun. All right. Uh, the last question is, I'm out of lettuce in my garden, and every time I go into the uh, your your place, there's no lettuce plants left. It's, Is a, it's a out of season right now. Them? Yeah, we don't plant lettuce this time of year. So uh, you can plant lettuce. You can plant lettuce again the end of August. Okay. So uh, even if I try from seed, there's no hope, right? No, it's too hot. It's wrong season. Okay. I'll go back to listening. Thank you so much. Yeah. You can put you can put a garden up in the mountains somewhere. Now, if you're up in Prescott, you could do fine. <laughs> Ooh, there's an idea. <laughs> Take care, All right, Paul. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. I got the right order. Tom in Cave Creek. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Brian. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Um, can we grow wisteria in Phoenix? Absolutely, and even better in Cave Creek. But wisteria is a beautiful plant here. Um, it doesn't take west, you know, direct heat very well, but on the east side or established where it's big enough to shade itself, it'll grow in full sun and it can grow quite fast. It makes a lovely plant. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Have a Tom. great Sunday. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Stephanie in Glendale. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. I have a big, beautiful, full, um, probably, I don't know, 10-year-old ironwood tree that about three to four weeks ago lost every single one of its leaves, and it has not gotten any new blooms or anything else on it. Have I killed it, or is there still hope? 
Doesn't sound good for this time of year. Now is when they're supposed to wake up, Stephanie. Did you fertilize or did you use herbicides? Nothing. Nothing? I wonder Nothing. what got it. <laughs> I don't know. And it's it's in our front yard and it's always been healthy and it lost every leaf in about a week and it's just bare as, as anything right now. So the branches are still pliable. They're mm-hmm. not brittle. And I keep checking it every day, but there's not a new bud. There's no new flowers or anything. How are, how are your weeds doing, Stephanie? They're they're fine. They're pretty Absolutely healthy. Got a nice crop of weeds out there. Oh no, I'm sorry, we don't have any. <laughs> okay, why don't you have any weeds? Um, it's just not a very weedy area. Well, every every place is a weedy area when it's rained as much as it has this winter. How how, how do you keep the weeds down? Um, they were sprayed probably three months ago, mm-hmm. um, but really none near the tree that I well, can see that I remember my, anyway. My thought is they probably used a herbicide that's gotten to the tree. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, um, uh, you know, if you could track down, did you spray or did somebody spray for you? Uh, my husband did, yeah. Okay. So you probably got the remnants of the, of the uh, spray out in the garage still, the container. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look and see what it is. Okay. These things that say that they're going to work as a spray and last any length of time. Okay. Typically um, are going to have chemicals that can go in and be very toxic to trees. Okay. Okay. And so, I, but my thought is she probably had a spray that may have leached with the rain, got in around the tree. And uh, a lot of these sprays aren't completely lethal. Okay. So they can knock the leaves off and they can stunt the buds, but we kind of need to follow, you know, find out what it is. But if it's a product okay. when you get in there called Ortho Ground Clear, okay, that one's a really bad one. And it's okay. uh, it's toxic, and it does things that you know you would never envision by reading the label. You can certainly call the manufacturer, and they'll explain it to you. But uh, you know, my personal looking at trees that we're guaranteeing and working with people, I've seen a lot of problems with that chemical, and I've seen it so bad that in the in the town of Maricopa right now, they've wiped out their red push pistachios throughout the city by Ooh. using the wrong herbicide on them. So these herbicides wow. that we spray can do a lot of damage. Okay, but okay. The, the main way to take care of them is to leach them out of the soil. The problem is a lot of these are made so that they don't leach, so they really bind up in the soil, and that's how they keep mm-hmm. the weeds down for a long period of times. Okay, so if you can, okay. you can leach it. You know, if not, I would recommend uh, taking a look at what the chemical is if it's still there in the garage, calling the manufacturer, okay. see if there's any cure. Okay, and as you go forward, if you'll just use Roundup or glyphosate with a pre-emergent, you won't have these problems. Got it. Darn it anyway. Okay. Thanks, Stephanie. I'll I'll go check it out. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. While we're gone, we have Stephanie's line open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. Give Shira a call. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. I can see why you think you belong to me. I never tried to make you think or let you see one thing for yourself. But now you're off with someone else and I'm alone. You see, I thought that I might keep you for my own. Pay me what you want to do. Stay with you for a while, maybe longer if I do. 
find All the things we thought weren't proper Could be right in time And can you see Which way we should turn together or alone I can never see what's right and what is wrong Did it take too long to see Amy, what you want to do I think I could stay with you for a while Maybe longer if I do Folks, beautiful Sunday morning. Want to take a minute to invite you out to Whitfields, where we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s on this little dirt road named Glendale Avenue and about 8th Street. Continuing today for four generations. We grow trees all kinds, all sizes. Uh, from desert trees like mesquites, palo verdes, and ironwoods. We actually have a beautiful new uh, seedless mesquite. If you don't want to deal with the mess, we have the American mesquite, which makes a bigger canopy tree, which is really strong. We have great fruitless olives like Swan Hills. We have beautiful palm trees of all sorts, from date palms, California fans, Bismarckias, we have Mexican blues, all kinds. Looking for citrus, we're one of the largest citrus growers here in Arizona, and we have a big packing shed and have a lot of experience growing citrus, so we specialize in trees 15 gallons and larger. We don't sell a lot of small citrus, but if you want to plant a tree and have fruit this year, don't have the patience to wait, more like me, or maybe a little older like I am, now's a great time to plant citrus, too. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue, where these Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue. Southern Avenue is straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Carol up in Congress, good morning. Good morning. Um, I've called you several times about our little grapefruit bush because it was planted over the caliche, but I have to tell you, my husband pulled, pulled the rocks away, roughed up the soil, and put whatever that stuff is that you told us to put on that breaks up caliche. Uh-huh. Then he sprayed sprayed the foliage with miracle Grow. We fertilized it and gave it some good water, and all the yellow went away, and it's beautiful now. We did get 30 grapefruits off of it last season. But now I'm seeing these deformed leaves uh-huh. that are curled up on one side, and on the back side, I've got brown dots, and some of them have little white centers, kind of. Well, the little dot, the little string that comes out with the white center, those are the good guys. Those are lace wings. Okay, so if it looks like a little okay. string with a white dot on the end, that's your friends. The bad guys are the thrips. So the thrips naturally come and feed on the citrus, and they feed on roses and all different kinds of things. And then our, our you know, predator for them are the lace wings, which have the little string and a white dot on the end, and they hatch out, and they're little alligators that eat them. Now, there's really not reason to spray for them. You're going to have cycles of these curled leaves as the thrips are more abundant on the tree different times of the year. But between ladybugs and pirates, bugs and some of those lace wings. Mother Nature will have those eaten for you over time. Okay. Then I won't worry about it. Not to worry. Well, Carol, thanks for the call. Okay. Have a nice weekend. Hey, wait, 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 oh. wait, 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 wait. Got one more question. Okay, quick one, because I'll try to get everybody before the end of the hour. Okay. Um... Some of the branches are hanging down on the ground. Should I trim those back? Pr- pr- up so prune them up, they- but prune them up just about 10 to 15 inches off the ground. Okay, so got you, know, it. you don't want Thank the fruit you. sitting on the ground when it, you know, it's ripening. So you want to just prune them up a little bit, but you want to leave that canopy down low to shade and protect the trunk. Okay, got it. 
Thank you. Thanks, Carol. Bye-bye. Jimmy in North Scottsdale. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning, Brian. Hey, a couple questions. Uh, A little over a year ago, y'all planted a uh, 24-inch Arizona Sweet Orange, 24-inch Mexican Lime, and a 36-inch Oro Blanco. And the Blanco and the Lime are, are doing fantastic. The... The Arizona Sweet Orange, I can't figure it out. It, Brian, the, the leaves are curling up now. It had some yellowing, and I put, uh, per your advice, I put uh, magnesium sulfate on it, watered it in real good. I'm dumping on the 24-inch uh, about 25 gallons of water a week. And I, I was out of town all week, and I come home yesterday, and the leaves are, are really curling up. Badly, but some of the yellowing's gone away. But I got a lot of curling. Well, on the cur- curling on the new growth is just like the guy we talked to in Congress. That's going to be caused by thrip, and thrips have their favorite, you know, and they're they're definitely going to like uh, eating oranges better than they are grapefruit and limes. So you're going to get more leaf damage from uh, citrus thrip on those, and uh, it should grow out of it though. It should just go through cycles, and the predators should build up and come through and take care of it. So, uh, you know, we we commercially, we wouldn't spray for those thrip. So so this time of year, a a 24-inch box putting down 25 gallons of water weekly is is the right number? Well, Jimmy, where are you located in Scottsdale? What cross streets? Legacy and uh, Thompson Peak. Okay. So your soil drains pretty well. You can go a little more than that. Weekly is plenty often. Okay. And if you want it to kind of kick a little more, you could also throw a little bit of extra fertilizer on them. And you can feed them once a month. It doesn't have to just be three times a year. And the main thing, Jimmy, is citrus food. The main thing is what, Brian? Citrus food, like a 1684 or the organic citrus food we sell. But uh, a light dose monthly is the best. Okay, cool. I, and that's what I put on it. Well, last question. All of them uh, bloomed out, had fantastic blooms. A lot of the blooms dropped off as they do, and fruit started to uh, develop. But I've lost a lot of the small fruit that, that was developing. Is that from overwatering? Or no, that's that's just nature. And, and we call it June drop usually because they'll usually dry. They'll drop more this month. But, you know, if it's like a navel orange, for example. If it didn't drop 99% of the, the fruit flowers on it, the tree would collapse, you know, because they bloom a lot more than they need. And uh, so- so will it bloom out some more later in the summer? The only one that's no, the only one that's going to continue blooming in May is the lime tree. So limes and lemons can bloom more than once a year, but pretty much with with grapefruits and oranges, it's an it's an annual bloom cycle. My my six year old uh, Meyer Meyer uh, lemon though it it's it's it a different animal. It, it'll 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 bloom five or six times a year sometimes. Yeah, it does fantastic. All right, thank you, sir. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like we're out of time. Everybody else, I'll take you as soon as we come back. Max, Terry, Paula, and Richard, if you'd like to be after Richard, all you have to do is call 602-277-5827. It's Shira Bryan and Troy Barrett here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR.